Hi, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Wherever you find us, whether it's a video on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. You can also find us on major social media platforms where I give you a heads up about upcoming shows and which date and time they will be aired. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the shows, MP3 files which you can download, or links to your favorite platform like iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and all other major sources. You can find information for upcoming and past talk show appearances as well as new book projects at MarlenePardo.com. You can also purchase books and merchandise there. And you can visit my author page on Amazon at Marlene Pardo Pelliser. Due to popular demand, I'm narrating my True Believer stories that have collected throughout the years in a new series called Supernatural Storytime. You can find links at SupernaturalStoryTime.com. If you are into classic horror, ghosts, and adventure stories, I narrate some of those at Nightshade Diary. And you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If you would like to read noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. I do want to thank you all for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing today? Good? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm going to say what I said last week, even though this is not going to be out right away, but right now Thanksgiving is tomorrow. So by the time you guys listen, Thanksgiving will come and gone. So, but anyway, happy Turkey day, happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, happy new year, because this is what I call the home stretch of the year. And I was, as a matter of fact, I said it in my, um, the last show, which is, I was talking about it, like, um, that it's almost like. I remember when, you know, not everybody, you know, might, might be old enough to remember. So I remember 1999 when everybody was thinking there was going to be an economic collapse because computers would not be able to understand the 2000 thing. And people don't realize, you know, of course, Hollywood went and did all those doomsday movies. And, and everybody thinks, you know, if you weren't, if you were a kid or you were too young to think about it or worry about it. They was like, oh, that's a fringe. And this was a realistic thing. I mean, people, there, there was some real concern that because at that point, so many of our internal, whether it's the monetary, you know, computers were so heavy into maintaining these infrastructures that there was a really genuine concern that the year 2000, somehow or other, and then nothing happened. And now, um, you know, I think about that. It's like 20 years have gone by. We're going to go into 2020 and and of course you know we've had a lot of things as far as technology is concerned when you know you you approach hindsight's 2020 and you go back and you look at what was happening then what's happened in the last 20 years um like i say I, I i remember when the only people that carried phones were doctors you know or they had those big block phones or you had a phone and nobody and then you know the beeper the beeper thing came in of course i'm aging myself you know once upon a time only doctors had beepers and then of course it was the beeper for the regular person and people would wake up make up all these things that you would put on your pager to like you know kind of like a like like what emojis do 
know, like shorthand for how can I put this on a, some type of code? And then little by little, we started getting those flip phones that you look at them now, you look at these old movies and you see these people with these big things and you're like, what? And then here we are 20 years later and everybody's got a phone and, you know, you carry it in your pocket and people don't know what it would be like if they didn't have a phone, which I know what that's like. And, and, and everybody's heard me say before, yeah, I love technology, but you know what? There's something to be said for not being instantly accessible all the time. <laughs> Believe me. Um, but anyway, let's get to the good stuff, guys. Today, I have a super, super interesting guest. Uh, I have a gentleman who, and I know because you guys ask me a lot about uh, cryptids. Yes, cryptids. Uh, his name is Chris McLeod, and he is, shall I say, earlobe deep. Uh, among other uh, paranormal topics, but into uh, the, the investigation of cryptids, okay? His, his website is uh, Asheville. And by the way, guys, I, you know I'm going to always put a, a link to this in the show. It's AshevilleCryptidAndParanormalSociety.com. AshevilleCryptidAndParanormalSociety.com. And uh, Chris... He is the director and lead investigator of the AS, ACAPS. Uh, he has over 20 years of experience in investigating cryptids and paranormal activities. Uh, and as a matter of fact, we were talking about this be before we started uh, recording that, um, you know, he, he believes as far as the studying, the preservation of uh, the folklore, legends, and, you know, and, and, and we've talked about this in other shows that all these, you know, once upon a time, people used to differentiate ghosts, cryptids, uh, ufology. They were like their own totally separate fields. And, and now people are seeing that there is, there's always like an overlap. Uh, and of course, you know, whether it's older, histor you know, older historical references, people are seeing that some of these things contrary to what everybody thinks that it's a modern phenomena it's not it's just that now you have to look back at it and read some of these whether it's an old newspaper clipping or even old manuscripts with different eyes um chris holds a bachelor uh degree in psych psychology and a minor in criminology and he's a uh, he's originally uh, well, he spent a lot of his life here in Florida, so, you know, that holds a special place in my heart because, you know, I always tease you guys about our Florida weather here in South Florida. Um, now, he, uh, in with the Asheville Cryptid and Paranormal Society, he works in conjunction with Joshua P. Warren. He's worked with him for many years and, of course, to study fringe phenomena and discover scientific explanations for what can't not be explained. Uh, and he's also worked with uh, Daniel Tiny Hurst, uh, who's the co-founder and lead investigator of MD Paranormal Encrypted Research. And of course, uh, they, you know, he, he goes to a lot of these locations um, basically to try to gather evidence if he can, or just sometimes to interview people because a lot of times with these you know, when you say folklore, a lot of people think of the word folklore and it sounds like almost like urban myth. Yeah, but the truth is a lot of folklore, not all of it, but a lot of it has a lot more truth than what people might 
think about and the only way to get it is when you actually speak to people who've lived in an area for years or in some cases for generations but anyway let me bring him on how are you doing today chris i am honored to be here marlene thank you so much for having me no on the contrary it is my pleasure and i'm going to ask you what i ask all my guests how did you get involved in this field did you have a childhood experience what happened well you know, I grew up in an old colonial home in uh, New England, and I used to see stuff all the time. You know, strange things used to happen there, um, and uh, it was it was in the Appalachian Mountains. And uh, when I was a kid, I used to play in the woods all the time. I was always in the woods, and I remember uh, taking a walk with my grandfather and and one of my cousins. And uh, my grandfather looked down; and he saw this huge footprint. And you know, I I was a little kid; I was five maybe, and I remember putting my foot next to this footprint and it just being just massive and uh, my grandfather wasn't a small guy I mean, he put his foot next to it and he kind of had this look in his eye and he he didn't freak out but he basically he picked me up and my cousin and he went back to the house pretty quick and uh he had a talk with my dad and and he kept saying something about the boss of the woods and like i said i was a little kid and i didn't know what it you know what had happened and as the years went by, you know, uh, my, my grandfather died pretty young. Okay. But uh, as the years went by, uh, I, I did, you know, I always remember the boss of the woods. And uh, I remember a couple of years after he passed away, my grandmother talking about how uh, he had gone to Alaska for a year after World War II. He was a fighter pilot in World War II. And uh, he just, you know, he had a lot of stress and he'd seen a lot. So he just wanted to relax and just mm-hmm. kind of disappear and, and be a mountain man for a while. And when I found out he was Alaska, he was in Alaska, and then I kept thinking to myself, boss of the woods, I remember putting two and two together and thinking my grandfather must have had some kind of Bigfoot experience out there because when I saw that footprint, I mean, his eyes just kind of just bugged out of his head. It's like something he had seen before that right. scared him before. Yeah. And and that's kind of what got me down the cryptid path. But I, I'm pretty sure uh, I'm, I would say I grew up in a haunted house, and I thought it was normal because all my friends, you know, they all had these old colonial homes. And everyone had their own personal story about, you know, a family ghost. And, and a, lot of these, a lot of my friends had been, you know, they, their families had lived on these properties for 100 years. You know, uh, I had a couple of friends that were original founders of the town. Mm-hmm. So they'd been there forever. Like their whole families had been there for like, you know, it was a legacy kind of thing. Right. So we, we were always kind of just used to people talking about like, you know, the house ghost or something like that. So it was always normal for us. And then, you know, when I moved and went to Florida, we didn't have that. And I remember thinking, well, nothing weird ever happens here. I wonder why. So I went looking for it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and that, that's just a real simplified, watered-down version of how it shook out. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. If, whether it's Florida, it's it's like everything. Once you go looking, as long as it's the right place, you'll find plenty of it here. I, um, I did not have to look far in Florida. I will tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bet. I bet. There's a lot of weird. And we were talking about it earlier, you know. the. Oh, yeah. Down, you know, south south florida in between the east and the west coast you've got the you've got the everglades you've got the ten thousand islands off the west coast uh there's a well, lot of stuff not only there. that i mean, yeah i mean you've got the you've got the gulf of mexico and then you've got mm-hmm. the atlantic right there and you know i mean it's uh, it's just this all this history you got saint augustine and, yes. and you know all the native american folklore and history about the swamp ape or the skunk ape and you know it's just it's all right there florida really does have it all i will say that yeah, people we've don't got, realize we've got hauntings. That they, they were yeah. driving cattle out here because people don't realize that Florida exactly. is a big cattle state. 
Um, Huge. Look at all the horses. I mean, look at all the look at all the you know all, all the uh, equestrian stuff in Florida. People don't realize that either. I mean, right, it's huge. everybody thinks of the out west like is where they have the cattle drive. Oh, yeah. They have yeah. out here. They they had their own what they call scrub cattle. These cattle that yeah. um, that was a big industry here for for hundreds huge. of years. Yes. Yeah. I was actually just reading about an article about a guy that um, was raising rattlesnakes in Tampa. And he he basically was canning them for their meat and selling their venom. And he was doing that in the 20s and 30s, and he was trying to make that an industry in Tampa. So, I mean, like you said, Florida's had all kinds of stuff. And it yeah. actually led into a cryptid, uh, cryptid encounter. But uh, th- there's all kinds of stuff that happens in Florida. I mean, you know, uh, the Mayaka skunk ape or, or the skunk ape has been – there's been reports of him for probably hundreds of years. You know, and, and we just, you know, and most dogman reports, the early dogman reports always came out of Florida. Right. You know, it was, it was always all, all the early ones. Oh, yeah, sure. There's some crazy werewolf in Florida. You know, it, was, it was right when the the, uh, the goth thing was happening. Remember that? So yes. all like in Tampa, that's where all the vampires were hanging out or, or you know, in Ybor City and all that all that crazy stuff would go on like Wolverine. So I, I remember back when that was going on, that's when the dogman reports started. And that was always that was in Florida. It was either in you know you know it was in in Jacksonville or in, or in North Tampa or you know off of Dale Mayberry in the swamp you know something anything but it was always Florida. And there was a there's a I tell everybody that there's a lot of lonely roads out here, especially like if you're going east oh, yeah. to west, like US forty one, that you just go oh, in the middle I, I of nowhere. Yeah. yeah, everyone thinks it, everyone thinks that if you get on I seventy five, it'll take you anywhere in Florida. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that's not true. I have I, I have been lost many times. Uh, taking a side road, probably where I ought not have been, and uh, looking around, I, you know, and it's funny how you were talking about cell phones and beepers. Yeah. I remember I had a blue pager. Remember the blue pagers, and <laughs> yes. it, was a, it was a clear blue. Yes. I had one of those, and I remember, I remember I was looking. Uh, oh God, this was years ago. I had a, I had a convertible Mustang, and I had taken it, you know, not too off road, but a little off road, and. Uh, Remember how like the pagers were like turn off if they didn't get signal or like yes. they just wouldn't work like and right. and I remember my pager wasn't working and uh, I, I was out there pretty good but I, I was looking for some evidence I mean I was I was looking for you know uh, swamp ape evidence and uh, being out there in the middle of nowhere and then realizing that it would be so easy for me to disappear oh, yeah. out there because there's just absolutely nothing yes I mean and, and everyone thinks Florida and I know our uh, Florida's population has boomed a lot since then but mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is. It's still a whole lot of nowhere out there. Right, right. Well, you know that US 27 is like an old highway. And as a matter mm-hmm. of fact, it developed, the, the, it became known as Bloody 27 because there were so many accidents. But people don't realize that, you know, out there, they, you know, they, you know, they built a lot out here, <clears throat> a lot of those canals to drain the swamps. And right. they have found people have disappeared years and years later. They find them because but, but back there, these highways were so desolate. That if you went into one of these bodies of water, which by the way are very deep, that's it. There was nobody around to realize oh, what and, happened and to you. Not only that, let's talk about what lives in the water. I mean, oh, you got the alligators, yeah. you got snakes, turtles. So if you go in, yes. and there's a chance you're alive, yep. chances are you're going to come out. If you come up on top, you're going to be something's lunch. So no, I'm yes. with you. I mean, I, I've seen it. You know, even when you go down Alligator Alley, mm-hmm. I drove Alligator Alley once on my motorcycle. And I will never, that was the, I remember thinking there was a log in the road and it was a snake. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm honking at this thing. I'm, I'm honking at this thing on my little Honda trying, hoping it just goes across the street. Yes. 
<laughs> you know, well, I had to no, sit there and stop and, and wait. And you know yeah. what? After the introduction of these invasive species, like all these uh, pythons and constrictors mm -hmm. out in the Everglades, oh, yeah. those things are huge. They get huge. Those things, and, and there aren't, aren't those rockhead pythons interbreeding with another python and yeah. they're becoming like these super snakes? I mean, you know, yeah. I, I look on these, I look at some of these pictures on the internet and there's a snake eating an alligator and I think to myself, are you, is this real? Yes. Are they that big? I mean, these are alligators. These are dinosaurs, and they're getting eaten by another dinosaur. Yeah. So, well, how yeah, far I have mean, we come, Marlene? Alligators, <laughs> once upon a time, were the top yeah. predators. Yeah. Okay. And there was millions of them. Yes. You know, I've actually, I've actually had the lawnmower. I, I was, I was mowing a lawn by a pond, and I actually had an alligator basically attack my lawnmower. So, I mean, they'll, <laughs> oh they'll, they'll attack anything. They will. They will, especially if people don't realize, especially in the mating season. That's when oh, they yeah. like, travel to other bodies of water. That's when you think yeah, about people finding one in their pool or. Or you know the golf course. I had or... a I had a neighbor find one in their screen porch. It was yeah. a small one, but it, it was enough to freak them out. Yeah, of course, of course, people. And you know they they don't really have a whole lot of compassion. They'll eat anything. They don't care. No, they don't. They don't. But yeah, the the the, the, the people uh, out there even now, I want to say there's portions of it that's what's could be called no man's land. That like you said. Oh yeah. I'm... You disappear, and if you don't have any witnesses, you might not ever be found. Well, my friends and I, when we were younger, we used to, we, we all worked at a, a, car, a car dealership, and it was on the main highway. I mean, it was it was in the middle of town, but the back the back of the dealership, we used to call it Jurassic Park, because we'd take golf carts back there and roll around and just, you know, screw around and blow off steam, but you can get lost back there, and let me tell you something, there was times we had to, you know, it took it took a little while to figure out where we were, yes. you know, and, and this is less than a mile off a highway. Yes. So, I mean, you can get lost anywhere. It's, it's, that's why when people, you know, unfortunately when people disappear, you know, you never know where it happens. I mean, no. it, you know, people, someone could disappear five feet off the highway and no one would never find them. You know, it just, it, unfortunately it happens. You know, it's, yeah. it's sad, but it's true. Yeah, out here, you know? land I mean, is that's... very flat. There's no landmarks. And if you, oh, yeah. you've ever gone out in an airboat and you go out to the middle of these marsh, you look oh, around yeah. and it all looks the same. All you've got is, that's it. You get lost and it's like, if, good luck. If, if you don't have a GPS or someone that knows where you're going, you're you're in trouble. That's just the way it is. I mean, and, that's, and and that's like, yeah. Well, no, no, that 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 you know, getting to the point of you know, when we talk about cryptids and not being sighted oh, yeah. or them being, because they've got plenty of space. They've got a lot of area out there. That people they don't exist. realize how much space is out there, Marlene. Yes. That's the problem. Yes. You know, um, here's a here's a fact I like giving it is. Our country right now, it's, it's as you said, you know what? I, I remember I had a huge party at my house. I had a keg of Bellhaven Ale uh, in 1999, and we played <laughs> Prince on a constant loop for about four hours. Uh -huh. uh, so I remember 1999 very well, but I, I that you, you you had to put a time stamp on it and make me feel old. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> yes. So I, I didn't need that today, but thank you. I appreciate it. But uh, people don't realize uh, since the founding of our country, it is still 84% intact. Yes. In other words, with all our roads, cities, yeah. infrastructure, everything we've done, yes. we've only managed to destroy 14% of, of our country. Yes. And that means the other 84%, or I'm sorry, the other 86% is still pristine and intact. Mm -hmm. So that's your national parks, your, your mountain ranges, all this. So there's these huge, huge, massive tracts of land that are very, very easily uh, able to sustain wildlife. Yes. So why couldn't they sustain cryptids? Yes. You know, uh, 
uh, people always say to me, oh, well, what makes you think, you know, how come, how come there's so many Bigfoot sightings now? Is it because of technology or we're encroaching? That has nothing to do with it, in my opinion. My personal opinion is that the population is just getting back to where it normally was mm-hmm. after the smallpox epidemic. And let, let me explain. Uh, when smallpox hits uh, this country, you know, a lot of people think just – and let's just take the year 1776 because that's a good right. one. Because when that happens, it's ravaging Canada. It's ravaging South America, and it's ravaging the West Coast, mm-hmm. all right? But it, it, there's a book called Pox Americana, and it's by this, uh, this, this brilliant author. Her name's Elizabeth Finn. And even in this book, and I use this as a reference all the time, she says that smallpox is one of the few viruses that will jump from a human being to a primate. Really? So if that's true... I did not know that. When we're coming over here and, and when the Europeans came over here and brought smallpox, not only was it just devastating everyone, including the Native Americans, what makes us think that it wouldn't devastate the Sasquatch population? Yeah. Because it's applicable to them if, they're, if, there's, ape, if there's ape DNA. Now, if they've got human and ape DNA, don't you think that'd be like a superbug to them? Yeah. There's reports about northern Canadian and Indians, uh, Native Amer- uh, northern Native Americans, um, where... Sasquatches were coming into their villages trying to get help, uh, and and they were dying alongside the Native Americans. So, you know, you put all this together, and it makes total sense to me. And and I could even say this, too. You know, I'm a firm believer that Dogman is basically what was referred to as the Cenocephali. And if you look in the historic record, Cenocephali, Alexander the Great hired Cenocephali mercenaries to fight for him. I mean, so... Mm -hmm. That's right. in there. If you look at Anubis, Anubis is a Cenocephali. Right. So let's just say they, for some reason, maybe in their DNA, were a hybrid yes. somehow. And, some and, and, they, human and, and there's some kind of DNA makes that, that makes them susceptible to smallpox. So in this country, not only did we wipe out the indigenous population of the human beings, but we also got the, the cryptids. And right. now that, that all of this time has gone by, their population is getting bigger and bigger. And here's how I justify that, too. When we go and clear-cut forests, all right, everyone says, oh, you're, you're wiping out the natural habitat. Maybe for some animals, but what you've done is when you clear-cut something, grass tends to grow. Yes. Well, what happens? Who eats grass, all right? Deer, small animals, they mm-hmm. eat the grass. Well, when they eat more, there's more of a population for them. So when you have this huge population boom, yes. whatever's eating them, they have a population boom because their food supply is bigger and bigger. Yeah, so right. if, if Sasquatch, Bigfoot, and Dogman just basically, let's just say they eat deer. Let's just say they eat right. deer, all right? right? I think now in this time in our country, there's never been more deer. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty no, sure at this well, point there's never been there's more so, deer. There's so many protected areas nowadays, and because mm-hmm. you know, they also have these hunting seasons. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So if, if, if you're a logical person and you look at these facts and, and you believe and you have faith that there, there's possible there could be cryptids out there. You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm the definitive end all be all expert on anything, but I'm just saying logically it is possible. And if you have that little degree of possibility, then why can't that possibility mean that these creatures are real? And that's why you have all these sightings and that's why there have been so many more lately. And that makes perfect sense. You know, let, let me tell you something. I think that makes so much sense. And people don't realize exactly like what you said. When you have, whether they're a predator or they're an omnivore, they, you mm-hmm. know, they follow, you know, and this is, you can see that across uh, the, the animal kingdom. They'll follow the fruit source. 
especially well i'm a huge yeah. i'm a huge proponent in the magra I, I think i think sasquatch migrates yeah. um I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm one of these guys where every investigation I do, I put a different cut of needle in a map, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at a map right now, and I've got another map where I, I've, I've traced out migration patterns over seasons. And where I live, I live in North Carolina. And in North Carolina, when we start to turn uh, this time of year, mm-hmm. uh, believe it or not, this is when I start to get a lot more reports. And right. what happens in the summer, I get fewer Bigfoot reports. And here's personally why, I think. Uh, I think they go north. I think they migrate to Canada. I think they take the Appalachian Trail, and okay. I think they go to Canada because it's – if you're – let's just say you're a 10-foot, 1,200-pound North American primate. Mm-hmm. Do you really want to hang out where it's going to be 95 degrees every day? No. no. And you're covered with hair? No. no. All right? Now, I, I honestly think Dogman's a little bit different. I think if Dogman is actually canid, that heat doesn't really bother them because they can pant, you right. know, and, and, and they have different ways of dealing with heat. Again, I'm not a veterinarian. I'm, you know, that's not my expertise. That's not my field of, of generalities. But I'm just saying, hypothetically, it's possible. So that's why I get dogman reports. Personally, this is why I think I get more dogman reports in the summer than Sasquatch, yes. and I get more Sasquatch reports in the winter uh, than dogman. So I think I actually think dogmen go south. Uh, that's and again, this is all just my uh, my hypothesis. You know, I, I have no way of proving or disproving it. This is just I've looked at the data, I've interpreted it, and I'm just using my own thought process and and you know i talk to a lot of people and in, in the cryptid community uh, again i know we were talking earlier mm-hmm. but uh i'm i'm very very blessed in the fact that uh i'm i'm uh, one of my dear friends is a guy named uh, tim kumbo baker and uh i'm actually doing uh, starting a new podcast and it's going to be called cryptid detectives with him okay. and i've i've had this conversation with him and and we're pretty much on the same page when it comes to this and uh you know anyone i've talked to that's been doing this a while and I bring this theory up, and they're like, you know, that's 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 actually yes. pretty good. You know, it makes sense because yes. there there are differences in sighting. Like, in, if you go in Canada in summer, there's more Sasquatch sightings in Canada in the summer. Why is that? Because it's colder and there's massive amounts of food. I mean, yes. look at how huge Canada is. Yeah. I mean, it's massive. I mean, yeah. so you know, if you put it all together and you look at it, it's it's again, it's a possibility. You know, I'm not saying this is exactly what happens. I'm not one of these guys that say, oh, this is it, and this is the, this is the blatant truth, and this is it, and there's no other way it can be. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's a possibility. But that makes sense. You know, the, the well, God knows everybody's aware of my, there's a lot of animals that migrate. This is very commonplace. And Everything usually might, you know, by you know, the seasons, you know, the seasons. Exactly. Uh, yes. And, and, you know, and where I, like, again, where I live in Appalachia, there's deer year-round. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a food source year round. There's fish in the, you know, there's fish in the, in the, in the uh, streams and in the, in the lakes year round. You know, I mean, it gets cold here, but there's right. still a food source. You know, so I mean, you know, and and realistically, you know, where where North Carolina is, it's not too far to walk south. You know, so if these creatures, you know, I've heard reports where they they say they do 50 to 100 miles a night in traveling. Well, you could be real south real quick doing that. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it depends. So I mean, you know, they could be in, you know, they could be in Georgia. Georgia has more reports uh, lately in the winter than they did in the summer. So I mean, you know, you never know. It's, anything's possible. Right, and you know, and I hate to say it, but a lot of people think that Bigfoot sightings is just particular to the Pacific Northwest, and that's not the case at all. Not at all. Not at all. I think uh, I do, and this is just personal. This is astral cryptid paranormal. Uh, I'm also known as the cryptid guy, so you know if you see cryptid guy on the website, that's that's just a 
uh, another monogram for me. Uh, but uh, on my Cryptid Guy website, uh, which is basically linked with the actual paranormal or actual Cryptid and paranormal, excuse me, uh, I get reports. I, in fact, I just got one today um, about a, a Bigfoot sighting. And uh, they said it was it was almost impossible to see. And the only reason why I saw it is because they were looking at these trees and they saw like this huge black shadow move. But it was so well camouflaged with the chain. You know, we still have leaves up here that are, you know, you know, it's still fall up here and it's still changing right. colors. And it was so well camouflaged in the leaves that if it hadn't moved into the light, they wouldn't have seen it. And all they saw was a massive shadow. They weren't exactly sure what it was, but they knew for sure it wasn't a bear. And they said if it was a guy, it had to have been 10 foot tall. Yeah. But it was so, it was just massive. They said it was probably four or five feet at the shoulders. It was just massive. But, you know, if, you know, let's just say this, this creature, let's just say it's like an Auburn reported creature. If the leaves are turning color, uh-huh. how are you going to see an Auburn creature that size? So I just, again, this goes about what we were talking about earlier about how well these, these animals are camouflaged oh, to yes. their, their environment. And also, like, and, and again, yeah. And people see also what they want, well, not what they want to say, I take that back, exactly. what they expect to see, okay? Well, there's you know, also pareidolia, too, you know, yeah. they, they see something. Not everything's a Sasquatch, not right. everything's a ghost. You know, I get a lot of people that swear something's haunted, and then we go in and look at it, and, you know, they say they're hearing a thump, and it's a water pipe, you know, or, you know, yeah, or know. they're saying they've got high EMF fields, and it's because their their electricity is improperly insulated, you know. Right. So, I mean, there's always, you can always explain anything. But sometimes, you know, the one thing you can't explain is exactly what you're looking for in the paranormal or cryptid realm. Right. Well, well, let's say, let's say, and, and I agree totally with you that I think that these creatures are superior when it comes to camouflage. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But let's say if you're a normal human being, average height, and you're scanning for, you know, you're scanning an area for whatever reason, even if you're not looking for a cryptid, just you never think I'm going to look up at the height of nine or ten feet nope. to see eyes nope you don't never you know but you're thinking most everything running around is, uh, running around yeah. on four legs which is you know exactly most people look down they don't look yes you know they look down or they look at their own view their own level yes. you know they never look up or to the side you know um i remember tiny and i were on an investigation one time tiny uh the reason why i call him tiny tiny is almost seven foot tall Tiny's <laughs> not a, you know he's, he's he's not really tiny that's just what i yeah, call him because because it makes me laugh, uh, but uh, there was a we 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 did a comparison once, and uh, the guys, you know, and, and we had Tiny in about the same spot. And he goes, "No way! It, it must have been almost three and a half, four foot taller than Tiny, and it was almost three times as wide." You know, so I mean, we you know we we do we we try to get as accurate as we can, and if you have something that's almost ten foot tall, yes. and you know five foot wide. And it's it's beelining through the woods, and you only saw it for a millisecond because it's so well camouflaged. It could be anywhere, and you'd never know. Exactly. And and that's I think that's the big thing with cryptids. I think people go hiking all the time, and they probably pass these creatures and they never see them. And I, one of the reasons is simply because they're so well camouflaged, and you're not looking up. You're looking down. You're looking. You know, you you remember that that, the ground. that old uh, I find myself doing that when I hike all the time. Predator. Yeah. How at the beginning they're not mm-hmm. thinking of looking up at the yeah, trees yeah. because it's like no you know they're they're thinking yeah no one thought about the trees the trees yeah. right how long did it take them to get to to go ah, right. he's looking at us or you know they saw the shifting and everything and it's and and you know and they were supposedly you know like us of course it's a movie but you know they're supposed to be trained you know super soldiers whatever 
and even they were not looking up at the trees. And my point being that, of course, if you're a regular person running around, yeah, but the I forest, mean, they're trained. They're trained to, yeah. They're trained to look for other human beings. They're yeah. not trained to look for, you know, an alien that can have camouflage or a cryptid. Now, I'm sure there's some unit somewhere that's trained to look for cryptids. I mean, well, that's, you know, is, I'm yeah. not naive. Yeah, I'm sure there is, but you know, I, again, but that's just a whole different, different area of expertise. Uh, again, you know, when a regular person goes hiking, you know, I, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm in my little office right now. I've got all my hiking equipment in the corner. Mm-hmm. I usually have it in my car, but you know, I actually cleaned out my car, and I'm looking at my walking stick. And I, just when we're talking about this, I'm thinking I really don't. And I'm, you know, I do this. I've been doing this for a long time, but I actually, when I'm looking for things, I stop and look. All right. But when I'm walking, I can't really look up at a higher elevation because I'm worried about falling over trees or rocks or roots or something. You know what I mean? So it's really it's difficult to be in motion and do something like that. So if something's following you or something's in the woods and you stop and you knows you're going to stop and it's been watching you and knows you're going to look around. What how hard would it be for this creature to hide or this entity? Yeah. To, you know, it's, it's easy. So, you know, I, I honestly believe these creatures are highly intelligent. I think they can communicate with each other. And, uh, you know, I think if, if we look at the Native American folklore on Bigfoot and Sasquatch, they say they refer to them as another race of people. Yes. And they have their own language, and they're very intelligent, and, you know, they used to be uh, at peace with them. And then, you know, allegedly, you know, one, of the, one of the legends is that uh, Bigfoot basically broke a peace treaty and, and stole a young maiden. You know, right. I, again, all folklore, but as we were talking about earlier, where there's smoke, there's fire. It came from somewhere. Oh, so, you know... I, I, you know I always think because you know you always hear some stories of um, you know encounters between humans and these cryptids that doesn't turn out in the human's favor, and then I think okay you know what sometimes you will even animals regular animals uh, if you get one that's sick or old and I mm-hmm. think that sometimes if they get hungry enough and desperate enough I think those are the ones that sometimes come closer to areas that are more heavily populated. Just right, because they're looking for an easy meal. They're, they're, yeah, they're looking. They, in other words, they, their ability to hunt, let's say, like you said, deer mm-hmm. out in the wilderness. It's been hindered. Right. They can't. So they got to eat. Hunger will drive you, a human and animal alike, to go places or do things that you know are risky. And I think that a lot of these stories sometimes that you hear people um, seeing them on their farmlands or even really close to their house or even losing animals. Sometimes, not all the times, but I think sometimes that's part of it is that you have an animal that's just really, really hungry or, you know, that just needs to eat. And let's face it, um, you got a hog or, you know, some type of cattle or anything like that. And for them, well, even, you know, even if you're even if you're alone, you know, and if it's let's just say you've got an older Sasquatch that's been injured and he can't hunt or he's been disbanded from his tribe or yeah. is, you know, or the band he runs with, yeah. you know, what's to say it's not going to kill a human. We, we can't, we don't know. Of course. You of course. know, there's a, there's a, everyone talks about, you know, missing 411 and yes. David Polites mm-hmm. and, but uh, the genius in David Polites is this, all he's done is taken all these reports it's of people crunchy. that have gone missing. Yeah. And it, this must've been the easiest book in the world to write for him. Well, or these, I mean, I've got several of them and I, it is, yeah, that's all they did. They took all these missing reports. Mm-hmm. They filtered out looking for specific things. Right. And they've written all these books. Yes. Yes. And it's actually brilliant because he didn't have to write anything. All he had to do was just put it in order. Right. 
Exactly. And, but if you look at these reports, the, the way he did it was brilliant because he, they were looking for specific criteria. They followed that. And, okay, these people are missing, never found again, but we found a boot miles away. All right. He never blatantly comes out and says what he thinks it is, and oh, no, I respect no, no, him no, for no, that. He does, but, not. he does not. He does not. And, I, and let me tell you something. I've heard a lot of times where they're trying to make him, like, give us what you think it is, and he's – They'll never get – he'll never get it out of no. him. He's always – you know what? I, but we all know he's a Bigfoot guy. You know, oh, yeah. his original, you know, he's, a, he's an original Bigfoot guy mm-hmm. and he's, you know, he's a very intelligent guy and he came out with this idea. And I, I honestly, I wish I had had that idea because Lord knows how many books he's, I mean, I've, I've bought, you know, well, three or four from you him know what? It's and also, I he, enjoy every one of them. I use he, him as reference, He crunched the you know, data, and uh, he, he also mm-hmm. found the pattern. It was like he did. And that's that's hard. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's a brilliant that, that, that that's that's a stroke. Of, what he did was a stroke. In my opinion, mm-hmm. what he did was a stroke of genius. Because, again, you know, he's a former police officer. Mm-hmm. He takes his law enforcement background. He applies right. it into this. And then he comes up with this theory and he just right. follows the scientific method, just like every good cop would. And boom, he well, comes up with these this, books. And, and, and yeah, that's one of the things. And you pointed it out, Chris. He had a theory, but he has facts or mm-hmm. data to substantiate mm-hmm. the theory. He may not reach. He may what? not say what his conclusion is as far as what. But that you could say, well, it's just that I didn't dream of this theory. Hey, I have this theory, and yeah. based on X, Y, and Z, all these, you know, of course, all this data, and I've excluded, like he said, suicides, blah, blah, animal predation, yeah. blah, 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 and this is what we get. And then within that, that we have then all these different, you know, anomalies uh, that, you know, of course, there's a bunch of them. And then you're like, man, and... You know, one of the things also that I think a lot of people are intrigued by is when he describes how sometimes he's had difficulty in obtaining what people mm-hmm. would think. Who, who, why wouldn't why wouldn't you get a report of missing now, people? I will tell you something. I have I have personally gotten a FOIA. I uh-huh. have sent for FOIAs uh, right. for this area, and I've spoken to the parks people. And honestly, I I wish I could say different, but they were nothing but nice and helpful yeah. to me. They were, they were some of the, honestly, they were just so nice. I told them exactly what I was doing. I told them who I was. I told them I, you know, I'm the, I'm the director of the Astro Krypton Paranormals. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting how to talk real quick. I'm, uh, I'm the uh, director of the Astro Krypton Paranormal Society, and I explain what that is, and I tell them exactly what I'm doing, and I tell them what I want the data for. And you know what they said to me? Hey, no problem. Yeah. Like, let me see if I can help you out. I actually had a guy call me back and say, hey, let me send you this one, too, because this might help you out. Yeah. So when he said these FOIAs were probable, and, and maybe they were for him, but for me, you know, I was asking right. for, you know, people that disappeared uh, on the Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sent me a couple of them. Um, they, they, they weren't very good. Uh, inf- they weren't very informative, let me say, right. but they were still there. And then I did get one. I, I can see his point. I got one that was so redacted. It was just kind of like it was three pieces of paper with black lines through it. It's like, thanks. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, it was actually, and then the truth of the matter is it was so redacted and it was ridiculous because I actually yeah. found a newspaper article on the same story and it had everything in it. It makes you wonder. So why I, it was just one of those weird yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. But again, you know, I, it, it's just, I, I think it's who you run into. I mean, if you go in like a bowl in a China shop, you know, you might have different terms. But I, I try to, you know, I, I just tell them straight up exactly what I'm doing, who I am, and, and what, I'm, what I'm researching. And, uh, you know, and when you tell someone that, you know, that you're the director of the Astral Cryptid Paranormal uh, Society, they're like, well, what's, what's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's a cryptid? 
<laughs> and that's yeah. it. You know, I said, well, cryptid. It's an un, you know, it's an it's an un, uh, undiscovered animal or an undocumented animal. I like saying undocumented simply because yeah. I, you know I think it's been discovered. But and uh, they said, well, you mean undocumented? I said, well, it's Bigfoot. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> but like, oh. that's why I had to put paranormal. You know, I put paranormal in in uh, the name of uh, my company simply because. No one knows what a cryptid is, but when they see paranormal, they say, oh, maybe it's got something to do with something. And you know what? And I'm a firm believer, and we talked about this. Uh, in my experience, nine times out of ten, the cryptid world and the paranormal world go hand in hand. Yes. It's just if someone sees a Bigfoot sighting, chances are there's a ghost story somewhere. If you, All you have to do is dig for it, you know, and, and it's just one of those things. And I'm not saying they're connected, but it's just, you know, one kind of follows the other, and it's vice versa. You know, if there's a ghost story somewhere along the line, someone probably saw a Bigfoot somewhere. Or they Who saw cryptid, the or something day. I can't explain. God, some I can't remember right now. Who's the person that mentioned to me that there was also some type of tie-in or correlation between signs of dogmen and cemeteries, even the old ones? You know, I, you know, I've seen that and I've I've read that, and I'll be honest with you, one of I've got a cryptid report not too far from where I am right now, mm -hmm. and it was a cryptid, and it's a it was a dogman, it was a big one, it was an alpha okay. type dogman. I mean, this, they said this thing was ten foot tall and just massive. And it was hanging out by a church graveyard, Whoa. and it had been seen there three nights in a row, and it was by the church graveyard. Okay. Now, that was the first one of those I'd ever heard personally. I've heard these stories on, on different podcasts where they talk about, oh, there's this graveyard correlation. Blah, blah, blah. I don't necessarily buy into that. I, you know, I think it's just coincidence. Right. And and realistically, here's my thing: is what what's a you know what's a large canyon doing around a graveyard? You know, I mean, they're not. It's not like they're digging up stuff because we have evidence of that. I just think it's it's by happenstance. You know, I think it's a coincidence, you know, because there used to be the theory that you know Sasquatch used to hang around you know Native American burial sites, right? You know, and then that's that's been you know that's kind of that's kind of dust in the wind these days. And, I, and it might be true, but I doubt it. You know, I don't I don't think they're paranormal. You know, does that make sense? Yes. I think they're a living, breathing creature. I don't think the the paranormal has anything to do with them. Right. Right. So I I, I think that's just the way it is. And, uh, well, you know, sometimes you think about, well, sometimes I think it depends, you know, because, you know, if some areas cleared, maybe they just might. Uh, and I want to say, I know that, I want to say that as much as sometimes they stay away from humans, there's also an attraction as far as. Mm -hmm. I think we entertain them. Yeah. That, uh, and when they see something, let's say, obviously, like a graveyard, because you know, sometimes there's these abandoned graveyards that are really old or they were a family thing and they're psh, nobody's been buried there in years. But it's almost like you know, if you've got any headstones that are up or some sign, some sign that there was habitation there, it's mm -hmm. almost like a tie in to the humans kind of thing. And it's possible, yeah, you know, they might hang out for that reason. Uh, and I, you know, and of course, you know, you know, unless you're, you know, nobody's in their heads to know exactly why they, and and I tell everybody though, if if you, you know, you know how everybody says, if I ever saw Bigfoot, what would I do? You know, okay, but the, but I get more scared of dogmen than I do of, of Bigfoot. Uh, you know, because I don't know, there's just something about dogmen that you always think this guy, this this, this creature could easily kill me. And I, I, and I don't get that same vibe from a Bigfoot. I don't know. But okay. for the most part, you know, they, they say, well, there's a big gorilla. And, uh, you know, what, what, well, what's, what's he going to do for his entertainment? Or, you know, what, what are they going to do to make them, you know, what if they have senses of humor? You know what I'm saying? 
what if they want to be entertained? They, they, they get bored maybe being in the woods all along. <laughs> so they watch us. And that's why I think there's this, uh, there's so many reports about that specific area. You know, how many times you hear about window taps? You know, there's, there's a Sasquatch tapping on the window or there's one dragging its knuckles or, or its claws or its fingernails across the house or it's banging on a house. I think they're trying to get a reaction. Yeah. I think they want you to come out so they can watch you. Yes. yes. Does that make sense? I mean, that's, yes. that's just my thought on it. I mean, maybe not for everyone, but I think a good part of that, that's probably what they want. They just want to be entertained. Yeah. Um, and one time I was speaking to this gentleman, Jim Smith. He, he runs the Alabama Bigfoot Society. And he's been gathering stories since the 1970s. And um, I remember he told me that, you know, uh, ever since he was young, he says, you know, he had one come on the, this was when he was a teenager, come on the property, um, basically where they lived at. And, uh, you know, his first clue was because the, his dogs, he used to have a bunch of dogs, used to like wig out. And it didn't like take anything. It didn't like eat any of the animals, but it's partially, I think, like what you're talking about, where for some reason they, like you said, maybe they don't have anything better to do. And um, he even told me, he says, that even the police in the area, sometimes they would have people that would have sightings, like they're driving, and they would, of course, call the police. What's the police going to do? Uh, so he says that, not, They know what's out there. The police they're would bring some of these people and, over yeah. there, and he would tell me, he goes, Marlene, I had a couple of people that were so genuinely wigged out that they would say, sir, can we stay here until, like, it's daytime because we don't want <laughs> we don't want to drive back home. And he said it. He goes, Marlene, I, I can't say that what they saw or didn't see, but they believed that what they were describing is what they saw to the point that they were like, please just let us stay here. Uh, you know, because the cops would bring them over like, tell this man your story. You know, he, he you know, he does. And he says they were, people were like really truthfully, like they could not believe what they had seen when they were traveling down the road. Uh and they were just even scared to go down and leave and have another sighting. I mean, forget an interaction. This was just a sighting while you're traveling in the car. Uh, because, and he says, and it was genuine. It was no, like, uh, um, and he says that and he, you know, he's been doing it for a while. This was, if you want to say before it became, you know, where a lot of people were, you know, what I call reality TV time or sometimes. He says people were coming and they were, they were calling the police of all things, like, I saw this sighting of I don't know what on the side of the road. And there's nothing really anybody could do except take the information down. Well, I mean, you know, what else are you going to do? I mean, who else are you going to call? I mean, who are you going to call? I mean, <laughs> yeah. There's no cryptid buster. There's no ghost buster yeah. that you can call. There's You're no going to call the police. There's Every, no I mean, nine, well, everyone, and, and it's it's like in, it indoctrinated into us since we're little kids. If, there's a, if something happens, you call the police. Call 911. Yes. So, I mean, that's I, I get that. I mean, you know, I've I've seen things that you know I've been in the middle of woods looking and seeing things, thinking I wish I could call the police, <laughs> but they're not. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's just because uh, it's just not going to happen. But I mean, you know, and 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 I'm a and and thank goodness for the police because yeah. I mean a lot of times they come out and you know maybe just by them pulling up it scares whatever uh, is bothering yeah. people away, you know, because they see something else. And I'm a firm believer these creatures know what a gun is. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. You know, I, I've got people. And again, I, as we talked about earlier, you know, I'm I'm definitely on a no kill. I I, I don't think you need to kill anything. Like, and again, for obvious reasons. But my first reason is this: that let's just say you're some yabo and you go out and and shoot a bigfoot. 
all right, well, what if that Bigfoot is bringing food home to his, you know, significant other who might be pregnant and they have two other little Bigfoots who are too young to go hunt and, you know, pregnant mom's in no condition to go hunt. So what have you done? You've, for no reason, you've just killed an innocent uh, animal or or whatever you want, you know, an innocent being and pretty much just doomed three, four others. Why? Exactly. Because you think you're going to get rich. Well, you think you, you think someone's going to give you a million dollars for a Bigfoot? And right. even if someone did have a Bigfoot body, you think it'd ever see the light of day? I assure you it won't. So that's why I tell people, if, if you're dumb enough to go shoot something like that, you know, you deserve what you get. Because first of all, I don't think you're going to hit it. Uh, second of all, if you do hit it, uh, you're probably just going to tick it off. And then whatever happens to you is what you deserve. I think if you're smart and you see something and, and, and you've got the opportunity to leave, you should leave. Don't stand your ground and think you're going to win. Uh, it's just not going to happen. The amount of power and strength in these creatures. And the other thing is when you see one, there's somewhere else. There's another couple behind you somewhere. Oh, yeah. You just don't know it. You just don't know and it. And people exactly. don't realize that. It's the same thing. You know, I had a, I had a, uh, I took a dogman report once and it was a deer hunter. And uh, it was in Western Carolina uh, near, near Tennessee. And he told me point blank, he had this dog man dead to rights and sights, but he just had this feeling not to pull the trigger. Uh-huh. And he said this thing smirked at him. He said it's smart. He, he said it was a smirk. It was just an, an arrogant, he, he, he called it an arrogant smirk. He said it was smug. All right. Uh-huh. He said this thing was massive. It was type one dog man. And it was just, or an alpha type, what I call an alpha type dog man, massive creature. He said it was nine, ten foot tall. He couldn't tell because it was kind of hunched over. He said the arms looked just. He, he said it was the biggest. He looked. He said it looked almost like a comic book character. It was so well muscled and it had these claws wow. and it had just just huge, just huge, massive head. And uh, it's funny as I'm actually looking at the sketch uh, he drew for me right now. It's on my board. And uh, he said he, he saw its teeth, but it wasn't because it was growling at him. He said it's because it smirked at him. And again, he, he said he said it was smug. But what really got his attention when he lowered his, his his rifle and he put his hands to his side and started walking behind him, he heard like a growl to his right and then he heard another one to his left <laughs> and about 10 feet on both sides, there was two more. Oh. And he just, he just put his head down and just kept walking backwards. Yep. And they actually, they, they walked him out. Like he said, he just put his head down, and then he got about 40 yards backwards, and then he turned around and just started walking. And he said they didn't make any noise, but he heard him walking. It was bipedal footsteps. Uh-huh. He got in his truck. He put his gun. He, he just put his gun in the front seat. He got in the car, or he got in his truck. And uh, he, was, he was one of these old boys that he always backed into something so he could get out easy. Right. And he said he just got into his truck. And he drove off. And when he drove off, he didn't see him. He's driving for about five minutes. And he looks to his right, and there's one of them about four feet from his car, keeping pace with him. Oh my God! Oh. And he said, and he said it was the one that smirked at him. And he said it can it smirked at him again, and then just beeline back into the woods. So that's the you know uh, th- there's a a guy named Dark Waters. You know yes, uh, he's got a. Yes. a He's a he's a cool guy. I, I like his stories. I don't know uh, how much of a researcher he is. I just I like listen to him. He's got uh-huh. a cool, uh, a cool vibe. I think he's he's probably a, a nice guy. Just from I I've never talked to him, never met him, but I'm just, I'm just assuming he'd be a nice guy, he'd be a kind of guy. You know, I'm a cigar smoker. I like to go hang out, and smoke a cigar with him. 
but he calls them the crypto terrorists. And I agree 100% with that because most of the reports I get, if there's a lot of them are like they just saw it and nothing happened, but it's like some of them, it's like they mess with people. Like they'll, right. they'll just scare the bejesus out of them for no reason. Right. And I've heard, I've heard they've smiled at people, and I've, I've heard that smirk before. Or it's like they get this real arrogance about them. And, and it just makes me laugh because it's like, you know, who's to say that's not true? Well, it's a very human-like you know quality. You know it doesn't, it's like, how do, how do we know we're not their entertainment? Like, that's what they do. You know, let's just, you know maybe they're a bunch of guys and they're out and they're, you know, it's a full moon. They want to have some fun. Let's yeah. go pick on some humans, yeah. you know. Uh, let's see if we can, you know, let's see if we can get them to freak out. You know, well, that's probably hilarious for them. You know, you know it's, like, what? it's like little kids scaring someone. It's hilarious to them. We're used to being at the top of the food chain. Exactly. And we get rattled when we see an animal that displays these human characteristics. Think about it. And oh, yeah. It's like you anamorphosize like your dog, yeah. you know, like pretend the dog's talking or something like that. But what happens when the dog starts to smirk at you? There's a bunch freak. of videos about their yeah, – think about it. Yeah. It's fascinated by that. Uh, and I, the thing is also that – and, and then you hear a lot of these stories from these people or I don't want to say a lot of time, not all the time, but they're men that have been outdoorsmen and hunters. Oh, yeah. And they are so affected by these experiences that then they have a hard time returning, like going out into the woods or after nightfall. They they, they get very profoundly guy, affected. Yeah. yeah. I know a guy. He's from uh, Western Tennessee. I'm sorry, Eastern Tennessee. Hunter his whole life, grew up in the woods, literally grew up in the woods. Like he, he grew up in a cabin. Uh, well, it was more like it was a trailer kind of cabin thing, and he, you know, it, it, you know, he, they didn't even have electricity until he was like 15. I mean, he he, he told him something like, like, you know, if they didn't hunt, they didn't eat stuff like that. Right. He had a dog man encounter that scared him so bad he hasn't stepped foot in the woods in 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He won't yeah. do it. He won't. He won't go out at night. Yes. He uh he actually moved uh to in in town where he was. He still got his original family's place, but he doesn't go there. Um, he won't let any of his family go there. So it's, it, it, no one's been there in probably 10 years. So uh, Lord knows what kind of condition it's in, but right. he just, he refuses. And, uh, I don't blame him. Right. If that, something scares you that bad and you, and, and you're smart enough to walk away, then walk away. Right. You know, cause if it does, it, I'm a, I'm also a firm believer. If these creatures don't want you around and you stick around, they're probably going to have a bad time at one point. So, you know. I, you know, it might be a territory thing. Maybe it's just their, you know, where they want to hunt. But uh, you know, if they don't want you there, you know, especially when it comes to dogmen, because I don't think dogmen really does a whole lot of migrating. I think they have hunting grounds. Right. But I think once they find a place they like, they stay there. I mean, that's yes. just my personal opinion. I, you know, what's to say that you know, if if you if if they have an issue with you, they're not going to just, you know, what's it going to take? You think they can't just break into your house? You know, what's going to think and your door is going to stop you know something what? that powerful? I have heard stories of that, that people have sighted them, like not at their home, let's say, they've sighted them far, not, not, you know, like not at a distance. And all of a sudden, they start having sightings where they live at, especially if yeah. they live in an area that's kind of rural. And they're like exactly. trying to figure out, how did this thing find me? I had a guy not too far from uh, here right now, from less than 10 miles from where I am right now. He was hunting out off on the, uh, uh, not too far off on the mountains, off the parkway. Uh-huh. And he had a sighting. He had he had a, a Bigfoot sighting. And 
apparently he had disrupted this thing while I was eating. Oh. So he freaks out. Uh, he, he freaked out. He, he, was, he said he was about maybe 20, 30 yards from his truck. Uh, he just walked into this thing like he didn't know what was going on. He wasn't looking for it. He didn't believe in anything. He freaked out. He jumps in his truck. He drives away. He goes home, and he lives – he's not rural, but he's, he's like he's, – he's on a, uh, a side road that maybe has two okay. other houses on it, but right. it's like – it's back like a mile. So, I mean, it's, it's rural, but it's, it's not too far from downtown. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it's, it's, it's pretty much it. He said the next morning um, he woke up. He was getting a cup of coffee. He flicked on the lights because he gets up around 5 a.m., and he looked outside, and he said there it was looking at him through the window. <laughs> Exactly. And he freaked. He he said he freaked. He said he peed himself. I believe uh, he it. Just, he, he freaked out. I believe out. it. Because you're thinking, okay. When, when, he, when, it, when, a grown, when a grown man tells you they were scared enough that they peed yeah. themselves, yeah. then I believe them. Because yeah. that's their dignity. They're, they're, they're giving up a piece of their dignity, you know, sure. to tell you a story. Now, uh, you know, is it possible someone's making that up? Of course. Yeah. But why would you do that? Right. Why would you, Why would you? you know... To take away your your you know your your male status is you know hey I'm a tough right guy you know the, right exactly that's what I was gonna say exactly. you know you're making up a story but you're making it up in such a way that you're ba being made to look like hey yeah I saw something that scared me so, so bad that I peed on myself that's like okay you know and this you know and this was a he's a good sized guy you know I had a long yeah. talk with him and he he's he's not you know he's he, I don't think anything else would have made them have an accident but he said he just couldn't believe it. I mean, it was right there, and it was it was 15 yards from his, you know, window. He's staring at him. He said it was yes. staring at him. He said he knew it was there. He said that thing knew he was there. And I think that's, you know, the, just, that's, the, that's the part, and, and, and I've even heard of people, like you said, um, and you know that, that saying, ignorance is bliss, like you said, mm -hmm. all these people sometimes live in an area, and once they have that sighting and they're aware that this thing exists in that area, they, like like you said, they don't they don't go out or go into the woods after dark. You know, they start taking all these precautions, even though they could reason to themselves, this thing has been there all along, and maybe I just wasn't aware of it. But I think that what really wakes people out, and I'm going to say especially men, like you said, is because when you look at this thing, you know, you think this thing could just kill me, and they wouldn't even find my fingernails. It, well, you know what? I, I always give some, someone asked me, you know, well, what would you know, provoke uh, an incident with a dog man or mm -hmm. if they're so intelligent, what's, you know, what's their modus operandi? And I, and I always say, listen, if they were so dangerous and dog man was just so vicious and, and they were just, you know, bloodthirsty killers like some people portray them to be, why aren't they just wiping out cities? Right. Because if you had like a pack of dog men and they just attack a town, like in the middle of the night and they just go through everyone's house and just, you know, right. nothing but car. That would be very easy for them to do. And they, who's going to catch them? Who's going to stop exactly. them? You know, if they have this ability to, you know, be bloodthirsty animals and just go slaughtering everything they see. Mm -hmm. I, so I don't think they could do that. I mean, because, I mean, what could stop them? Uh, think about it. I mean, you could, say you had a pack of 30 of them and they just right. attack something. You know, what, what's going to stop them? Nothing. It, it's not going to happen. You know, you think a door is going to stop these things? Oh no! They're strong. They can push down. I mean, they can rip two car. I mean, they can rip a car in half if they wanted to. They're, I think some of them are that big. Now again, I'm a firm believer that there's three basic types. You know, I call them alpha, betas, and Charlie. And you know, the alpha, of course, is the big mm -hmm. one. The beta is the middle one. And then that the Charlie type is the smaller one that looks like a dog walking on his back legs. But the reports I get around here, it's always the uh, you know, it's always usually the alphas. They're huge. 
they're massive and they're you know they're usually very very dark black to the point where they yeah. look like unbelievably like they just stick out like a black wolf so well i think that these things you know, are I, smart enough that if for whatever reason whether uh-huh. it's whether it's a dispute over territory or even you have somebody that's stupid enough to be aggressive with them like they're smart enough to like if they're going to kill you they don't leave behind any any carcass uh, yeah because because I think I, I agree with you. Because I've I've also had sto- I've heard stories. I haven't had one where you know I, I've heard stories where there was a dogman sighting and a guy took a shot at it, mm-hmm. and then someone goes back to see him like a couple weeks later. His place is destroyed. There's blood everywhere, but there's no body. Right. You know, and, yeah. or or he just disappears. Like the door was ripped off the hinges, and it looks like something clawed it off or whatever. You know, and and I've had plenty of those. I mean, yeah. I've heard plenty of those, um, but. You know, you never know. I agree with you. I think there's. I, I think, I think they're smart in the way that they know that when there's one of us, there's usually more. Yes. And they know what those. They know what those little, uh, you know, long sticks that go boom at the end mm-hmm. look, can do to someone. So you know. But I've but but they're smart also. Say, like yeah. what's that saying? No victim, no crime. Exactly, hey. but you know, there's there are also you know those people that say, oh, you know, they've shot them and there's nothing that happens to them. I don't necessarily buy into that. I, I think I think they're biological creatures. I think, I think they feel pain. I think if you shoot one yeah. and you don't really kill it, you're probably just signs your own death warrant because it's going to come for yes. you. Because I yes. think they're vindictive. From what I've heard, you know, I, again, yeah. I don't have any proof. This is just personal. This is my personal hypothesis after all those stories I've heard and all the interviews I've done mm-hmm. with people and all the sightings that they've had. And uh, you know, and, and I'm just interpreting this, and it's just again my my hypothesis, my opinion. This, there's no, I'm not saying this is a blatant fact. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying you know, it's it's probably like any creature. If you hurt it, it's going to come hurt you. You know, and well, you, you know, know it's protect itself. And I think you know, they based on some also some of the reports I've heard, it almost makes you think they have memories. Like in other words, they oh, yeah. they, they know I, I who you they are, do. and they remember who you are. I think they go looking for you. Yeah, I, I've heard reports. You know, again, you know, uh, just like that Bigfoot report. I, you know, I, I don't live too far from Tennessee, and I've heard many reports in in Western Tennessee where they, uh, you know, uh, one of them uh, was uh, a guy that was hunting, and this thing chased it out of the woods, and he wow. had this old Chevy, and he had an old four wheel drive Chevy, and uh, it, it came on the road, and he tried to run it over, like he he gunned it. Uh-huh. And this thing jumped out of the way. Well, that started a whole storm for him because this thing came after him. Yeah. Uh, he went uh, the next morning. He woke up. His truck was destroyed. It was all clawed up. All you know, there was like a, um, I can't remember if it was a, a there was a farm animal or something that was ripped up and thrown through the windshield. But it was you know it was not a it was not a pretty story. And again, right. I don't know how true it was because I wasn't there firsthand. But. Right. There's a vindictive nature in these animals. Yes, and I, yes. you know, there's vindictive natures in you know Sasquatch stories too. Yes, there's a you know Bigfoot. Don't you know Bigfoot come for you if you make it mad? I mean, that's you know. Yes. That any any good old Southern boy, tell you that that knows they've been dealing with boogers. You leave them alone, they leave you alone. You know, right. and and that's I believe that. At least you know, like Kumbo. Kumbo grew up with these things, and he'll be the first one to tell you if you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. Right. Don't mess with them. Don't take pop shots at them. Don't throw stuff at them. And and for Whatever you don't feed these things. Don't try to domesticate one of these things, because yeah. you know. Have you? I've heard these stories where you know these people feed one, they habituate them, and then something happens to the person that's feeding them, and these things have a hissy fit, and they go wreck to join up. You know, so you, you can't 
You're never going to have a relationship with these things. These things aren't going to be your buddy. You know, I, they're not Harry and the Hendersons. That's never going to happen. Well, and, and yeah. I've, I've even heard of people that that, and this is the this is not somebody that goes out there and does tree knockings or calls. They they like basically, if they live in an area that's like like I said rural, I've heard of them doing calls. And I'm thinking to myself, do you really know what you're calling? And basically, you're calling them to your doorstep, you know, like like, like you said. One time, yeah. And it's like, do you, I mean? And this is not saying they're going to be aggressive, but you really don't yeah. know. You really don't know what you're doing or that call that you think you're doing. Do you know what that means in Bigfoot language? No, you you don't. And and you know, and, and like Kumbo told me a story that he was, you know, he was practicing calling ones, and he wasn't thinking of it, and all of a sudden, this big old elephant shows up out of nowhere and starts banging on his house. Oh you know, my God! You can't, you know, if you know, you're, you're, that's exactly a good way to put it. You don't know what you're saying. Yeah. We don't speak Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. We don't speak Squatch. You know, I, you yes. don't know what you're saying. I mean, yes. your little could be an insult. <laughs> you know, you could be talking about his mom. You don't know. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I again, I'm a firm believer that the tree knocking thing, uh, to me, and this is just again, this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's a joke. You know, if you go out there banging on trees, making all this noise, making these stupid whoops and yells, first of all, they know it's not one of them. Right, yeah. Because no human's going to have the strength to get the noise out of the knock that, that they can get. Yeah. I think they hit it with such force that it almost makes a, you know, a probably a sound we can't hear. Yes. And I think that's probably what they're listening for. Second of all, no one ever is going to sound like one of those. You know, we, the we lung capacity is not there. Like we, we we don't have the lung capacity. I, that's what I. Think. All right. We don't. You know, and 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 I don't. We just can't do it. I don't think we have the vocal capacity, the lung capacity, and you know. So when you go out there making wood knocks and noise, all you're doing is kind of making a fool out of yourself. That's just my opinion. Now I'm sure there's some people that can you know mimic them pretty well to the point where you know. And Kumbo is one of them. He's been doing it his whole life. He can mimic them. But he'll be the first to tell you. Sometimes it sounds right, sometimes it doesn't. You know, it depends on what's out there. You know, so I, you know, I, I'm just, I'm the kind of guy I go looking for evidence. I, yes. I don't want to call anything in because the truth of the matter is, do I want to see one? You know, up close? Of course I do. Yeah. And would I like to take pictures? Of course. Yeah. But again, as I stated earlier, you know, I, if if I had definitive proof of of these creatures being real, I wouldn't tell anyone. Simply no. because I wouldn't want every yabo in the world going around hunting them, yeah, or taking a pop shot, you know, and 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 that's just my personal belief. That that has nothing to do with the, the legalities or what it, it you know right. that would bring down on you. Oh God, so yes. I don't even want to talk about that. That's a whole different subject. I, I avoid that subject entirely, but I assure you, it would not be pretty, you okay. know. And and that's why you know I I think that people that think that they're gonna you know, we were talking about, you know, how much money this costs to do every year, you know, mm-hmm. earlier before yes. we were on air. And I think these people, they get delusional. They think that, you know, if they find definite evidence or they bring in a body, they're yeah. going to be rich. It's not going to happen. It will not happen. No. That, that evidence will never see the light of day. No. That's all you need to know. I'm not going to go any further than that, but yeah. I assure you, it will never see the light of day. And whoever does that is going to have trouble. Huge yeah. trouble. Probably more trouble than they can handle. Of course. So, it's not worth it. It's not worth the, the It's they not worth they're... it. And the other thing is, there's no reason to kill one of these creatures. Right. None. Even if, you know, if it's charging, chances are it's a bluff charge. And if, if you've done something to aggravate this thing where it's going to kill you, what, you're, what you need to do is just get out of Dodge. Yes. Because realistically, what I say, you know, what I said earlier, I stand by. Where there's one, there's more than one. You know, yes. where there's one, there's probably three or four. Yes. You know? 
And if, if you're smart, you just walk away. I, I, I hear these stories where people say, well, I saw it and I just took a shot at it. Why? Yeah. That makes, why? Are you the big bad, you tough guy? You, you think you're tougher than this guy? You're going to shoot him? Yeah. What happens when you, you know, what happens when his big brother finds out you took a shot at, you know, or his dad finds out you took a shot at him? He just happens to be five yards this way. What have you done then, you know? Well, you know, you, you, know you hear these reports about people. You, you know how hard it would be to bend a 12-gauge barrel? You know, and you hear these reports about these hunters where they find them bent up in trees and their guns are bent. Yes. All right? This is because this fool probably took a shot at something, thinking he was going to be this big trophy hunter, thinking he was going to yeah. you know, become globally famous and, and rich beyond his dreams. And in all reality, all he did was sign his own death warrant. Because, well, you know, he took it. It's 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 like you and you made it. You know these trophy hunters. You know, let's say you go you go hunting for let's say a lion. Those are predators. Mm-hmm. They could eat us. But right. you know, humans are used to. If I shoot a lion, everybody is gonna scatter. Nobody's gonna come after me. Nobody's gonna hold a grudge because this is just an animal. But again, when you're yeah. talking something like this, yeah. that yeah, like you said, that there's more than one, and that they hold a grudge and they remember. Uh, Oh, they're they're highly intelligent. I think they remember things. I think they can once they get your scent. Mm-hmm. I think they have an incredible sense of smell. I think they can track you. You know, yeah. and that's just big. I can't even imagine what a dog man could do. I mean, oh. you know how far he could track you. Yes. I mean, you know, I I can't even fathom that. I mean, you know, it, it just, I, I, it's just it's overwhelming to even think about. I mean, well, how far can this thing smell? You know. And we were we were how talking about it earlier yeah. about all these disappearances. You know that. It, it, yeah. Even though there's no conclusion made as to what is causing the disappearance, I'm mm-hmm. not going to say each and every thing, but why not? I, maybe. What if it's even if it's one percent? Yeah. You know, even if it's one percent, Marlene. You know, yes. what, that's still one percent. Yeah. That's still a lot. Yes, it is. I mean, uh, you know, any. I, I don't want to see anyone get hurt. You know, I'm not trying to scare people out of the woods, but I'm a firm believer. You know, never. I, I personally, you know, when I was young, I was stupid. I used to go out. I, you know, I used to go out doing my crypt investigations alone all the time and you know it wasn't until much later on that i had a, a an incident where i learned real quick that that was stupid mm-hmm. and i should not do it again if i got out of this system alive, if i got out of that incident alive i told myself i would not do this alone anymore if i chose yeah. to do it ever again okay <laughs> and you know i got lucky and uh ever since then you know i, I always go you know and tiny uh god bless him he puts up with me he uh he, he's out in the woods with me and uh, he's good, you know. He's a good old boy. He's, he's he was grown. He grew up in you know uh, uh, East Tennessee. You know, he he's real good with the woods. You know, and uh, we just you know it's it's a it's a you know it's it's just a uh, it's a brotherhood that's been real uh, beneficial for us. We've been very lucky with some of the evidence we found, and you know, and it, is, it ends up being a good time. You know, we always have fun. Right. But the truth of the matter is, you know, if something really bad happened, you know, you got to have someone out there with you. You know, yeah. and that's just. Let's just say you slip down and you fall and you break a hip. Yeah. I mean, you know, you you got to have someone out there. You know, you got to. Otherwise, you're going to be scavenger food. You know, you die out there. They're oh, never exposure. Find your body. Yeah, depending on what time. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. Honestly, no water. I mean, you know, if you're injured and you don't have water and it's summer, you're you're in trouble. Yes. So you you know, I always tell people, always go at least two or three people. Always have, I, I you know, and and something David Plyde said, and I agree a hundred percent with. Always mm-hmm. have some kind of GPS. Yes. Always have some kind of emergency beacon. I carry three compasses at all times. Mm-hmm. Before we go into an area, Tiny does all. Tiny does more research into that area. You can imagine. We I do the maps and the directions. Tiny takes care of the history of the area. 
and we know our research. We know exactly where we're going to go. We know how far we're going in. Uh, we've got coordinates, you know, and, and that's how you do it. You have to be smart because it's too easy to get lost out there. Yes. And that's why I always tell people, if you're going to do this, fine. I encourage people to go research. I do. But be smart. You know, yeah. when I do my little uh, gatherings at like, uh, you know, I, I, you know, like at REI, I've done, I do something called Bigfoot 101 uh, every six months. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, yeah, it's all about safety. Yes. You ha- if you're going to do this, I encourage it. I want people to go out and this. I want people in the woods. I want people to be with nature. I mean, that's part of what I believe, you know, humanity needs the wood. We need to yes. be in nature. I mean, that's part of what we are. I'm, you know, the only time I'm really calm and peaceful is when I'm in the woods. And mm-hmm. uh, I believe that's, that's true for a lot of people. So I encourage that. But I also encourage safety more than anything. Always be safe, you know. Know where you're going. Have a cell phone. Have someone know where you are. Have the GPS. Have that emergency uh, beacon. You know, have backups. Always bring food, always bring water, always bring like a medical. You know, there's a whole list of stuff. We go through every time we do any kind of investigation or hike, we both have enough. We, we've got food, water, uh, ways to make fire. We've got maps. They're all waterproof. You know, and we've got right. water purification. You know, we, we're right. I mean, if something happens, honestly, there's no given time. Like even in this, you know, when, when we, do, we do investigations in the summer, everyone I go out with, they have a sleeping bag in their car. They have a tent right. in their car. They have ways to. They have food in their car. They have water in their car for at least two or three days. Right. You know. Um, so basically, you know, what you're doing is you're buying yourself time <laughs> to get found. Exactly. You know, and and we always tell people where we're going to be. I'll circle a map before I leave. I give my map, uh, my wife a map. I circle and say we're going to be in this general area. If you don't hear from me in a day, you know, call the park rangers and tell them this is where we are. Yes. Because something's happened. You know, and your biggest tool out there is actually your cell phone because you it's all purpose you take pictures mm-hmm. it can tell you where you are if you have signal it's communication so i you know i bring that and i'm not gonna lie to you i have my concealed weapons permit i yes. always go out armed you know yes. and I, I and we talked about that earlier mm-hmm. i'm not gonna go out in the woods unarmed and no. it's not really that i'm afraid to run into you know uh an unknown cryptid i'm afraid to run into two-legged variety oh yes yes i i, I personally so, i have my own firearm and I, and I also yeah. have a concealed weapons permit. And there's a lot of places that it's like, you know, and, and like, by the way, and I tell everybody, I've got it clipped on my belt. I don't leave it in mm-hmm. my handbag or leave it in the car. I have oh, it no. clipped mine's, on my belt. Mine's under a shoulder holster. And, I can um, have that thing out in less than a second. And it is like, because exactly what you said. And it is, it's a, people say, well, you're doing a paranormal investigation. What's the ghost? And it's like, I'm not worried about the ghost. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about the dead people. <laughs> It's the I'm live ones. I'm not going to shoot a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bullets like, aren't going to work on a ghost. Yeah. That's a different story. That's how they became a ghost. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's why I'm here. But, exactly. But, yeah, you never know. You know, I've you know, I've been eight miles in the middle of the woods and, and you know, smelt burning wood. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got news for you. Where I live, that's 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 called a still. <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it's not a forest fire. That's moonshine. Yes. So, you know, those people, I have, hey, listen, I don't begrudge anyone. I, right. I don't judge. That's what they choose. That's hey, that's that's their God-given right to do whatever they want. I, you know, legal or not, that's not my place to decide. I don't right. judge, but I don't want to make them mad either. Yeah, and I also like, don't want to get shot after being in the wrong place. Yeah, so, you know that, that you collateral know. damage kind of thing, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, yeah you yeah. get yeah, yeah. I mean, people I don't, don't realize when they even when people go on legend trippers or even mm-hmm. uh, you could find yourself in a situation that yeah. has nothing to do with like whether you're looking for a cryptid or paranormal or nothing. doesn't matter. You're mm-hmm. in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yes, yes. That's that. why there's that phrase, wrong, wrong place, wrong time. That's why, because it has happened. 
Yes. You know, and, and you know, and like I said, I don't want I don't want to get into it with anyone. I don't want to make anyone mad. I'm 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 there to do evidence. You know, I'm there to collect evidence and do research. I'm not there to make anyone upset. But some people don't, you know, look at it that way. Yeah. And you know, some you know, and it's a deterrent more than anything. Yeah. And the other thing is, is you know, sometimes you know, there's a lot of bears up here. Sometimes they're upset. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they're you know, they think you're in your territory. There might be some baby bears around. And I'm a firm believer of that noise is enough to scare anything off. So yes. it, if anything, you know, as we were talking about earlier, I just if if I ever had to use a firearm, I would just shoot it in the air first before I'd point at anything. Yeah. Just hopefully the noise would be enough to deter anything. You know, yes. but. As of lately, I haven't had to worry about that. So, well, you know, and I tell everybody, you know, because sometimes people when they go to these national parks, they think it. it by the way, you can't control nature. Well, well, it's a national park; they've got everything in control. I remember back in the '80s, I went up to Yellowstone, and <clears throat> this was, of course, before they had that big fire that, you know, did away mm-hmm. with the, you know, the hotel, not the hotel, but the the place we had to stay. And I remember mm-hmm. before we went into the park, we had stopped at this little spot and. This was June. The, the snows were just melting to go in there. And they still had snow on the ground. And we talked to this lady. She goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Where are you guys staying at? And we, had, we were not staying at a tent because I had read about people having bad situations going on with bears. But she asked. I said, no, I'm staying in the tent. She goes, yeah, every year. We got a couple of people get killed by bears. And she was saying, because, you know, you know. And I go, well, they go, well, she goes, Normally, what they do is uh, they try to they, they take the bears out of the areas where a lot of the people stay uh, in their tents. But she says, but, you know, of course, there's always people that leave the food out or whatever. Oh, OK. Well, we had that conversation. We get over there and we're hiking and there was a big lookout tower. It was like a trail and you can see the lookout tower. And I remember I'm walking and I'm seeing it, it's kind of like this red fur kind of waving in the air and it's a very unusual color it's like a reddish brown but they have very long you know their fur is you know it's very long you see when it waves and i'm looking down this trail and i'm like is that a bear there's this huge huge grizzly and what i had seen was it was a scratching behind its ear and you know when the the fur mm-hmm. starts waving and it was like right on the trail that would have taken us to this lookout tower. And we did like, a. and by the way, we had like, my daughter was like six months old and we had her one of those backpacks on our back. And we did one of those back it up kind of deals. Like, yeah, so much for they're supposed to get the grizzlies out of where the humans are. People, you know what, Marlene, people don't realize how big those bears get. Oh my God. They are yes, massive. Yes, they're huge. They're huge. Yes. They are huge. And people don't get it. You know, I always tell people, YouTube like grizzly bears, you know, or Google grizzly bears and look at pictures of them next to people or something like that, and that get a good comparison of how big these things are. Yes. And what how fast? What they run thirty miles an hour, thirty five miles an hour? Yeah, I've heard that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, it's they're huge. I mean, if you see one of those in the woods and it's mad at you, you're in trouble. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'm with you. I would have been yeah. out there telling see you, Mike. Well, well. Good day. <laughs> and then, and then, of course, you hear, you know. Uh, and, and, and as far as for people to put in, it is a point of reference. And if you've ever seen a grizzly, which is a very huge bear, and mm-hmm. you think that some of these, like you said, these alpha dog men are comparable in size to them, more or less. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 
and it gives they're probably you more. There's probably way more because they're more muscular. I mean, they're right, huge. right. Yeah, I mean, they're, I know their body composition is different, but when you see that, not on TV, not on the documentary, but when you see this in front of you, you're like, I'm toast. Yeah. You know, in other words, you're yeah, not yeah. gonna get away from this thing if it decides to go after no, you. No, you're done. If yeah. it wants you, you are done. Yes, yes. Even yes, if you're yes. in a car and it wants you, you're done. I mean, yes. I, they, these things can run up to 50 miles an hour. Yes. I think they can go faster. Yes. I, I, I just don't think they've really been clocked. Yes. I mean, if you look at the way they're built, I mean, I mean, they're just, they're, they're nothing but muscle. Yes. I mean, they just, uh, I've, we found uh, Dogman tracks in an investigation, and Tiny's got like a size 16 triple E foot. Oh, wow. And this track we found, it's on the website. If, if anyone wants to see it, it you can you just Google or um, just go to AstralCryptonParanormalSociety.com uh, and just look under evidence, and you'll see these pictures. And you'll see this big foot, or you'll see Tiny's foot, and you'll see this track. And the reason why we only, this track, it comes out like he's kind of backwards, but the truth of the matter is, is there was all this noise going on around us, and we thought we were getting surrounded, so we just took the picture as quick as we could, and then we kind of got out of there. Uh-huh. But Tiny's foot is facing north. The track is facing south, and the size difference is just massive. But this is—it's nothing but a huge dog print. Wow! You can see the claws digging into the ground and everything, and it's just massive. So there wasn't a doubt in my mind. Whatever did that had to have been at least ten foot. It was huge. Yes. Had to be because yes. the, the strides it was making, I think, was like seven or eight feet. It was just massive. Uh-huh. And it, it, this place looked like a war zone. The trees were just destroyed. It was just it was just massive amount of carnage. Um, uh, we're not sure what happened there. We personally think this was this is our theory that uh, I, I think there was a fight between a bigfoot and a dogman uh, because this this carnage it, went, it started up a hill and you can just see it was all fresh breaks. Uh huh. And there was just trees smashed. I mean, there was claw marks taken out of trees. There's also uh, pictures of claw marks just or trees with just gouges ripped out of them. Uh, on the website. Like I said, just go into uh, astrocryptonparanormalsociety.com and, and if you look in the evidence pictures, you'll see like these trees with just chunks taken out of them. Those are from claws. That, again, the pictures were the best detail we could get at the time simply because at that point uh, we kept hearing things around us. Right. And, you're like, and we started hearing, we started, we started hearing growls. <laughs> and I was like, okay, time to get out of there. Yeah. I was about to like, forget the pictures. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't bear either. Bears don't have. It wasn't. There's no black bears. Black bears don't get that big. This was huge. Uh, this, this was massive. And and when you see that and, and you know the power behind, you know th- th- there was branches, oak branches, six inches just snapped. And it looked like wow. something had taken and used it as a club because we found it and it looks like it hit something. It hit something with hair on it because you could see the hair on it, but it was down at an angle out of reach. Um, and like I said, all this was going on. But when we were taking, trying to take pictures, you know, it, it just looked, I think something snapped it off and used it like as a bat. It looked like it was used as a club to hit something. Uh, again, everything was just destroyed. It, it was just massive. It looked like Superman had gotten in a fight with something else in there. It, it was just, that, that's how bad it looked. I mean, it was, and it was all over the place. You could see where it started and where it went to. It was just massive carnage. Uh, and, uh, so for, for something to take the ability to something to have the ability to do that, just the amount of strength and size is just, you know, it, it goes beyond what you can comprehend. You just have to see something like that. Makes you wonder who won that fight, huh? I have no idea. No, I know, I know, I, I know, but it's know. like, yeah, it's like. You know, I'm, I, I don't get, you know, I hate saying this because it's unbiased, but I'm a huge, you know, I love Bigfoot. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I've never seen him. I've seen evidence. I've collected evidence. I, I think I've been growled at by him. I think I've, I've had run-ins and I just probably didn't know it. 
but I think if uh, a full-size dogman and a full-size alpha uh, Bigfoot got into it, I think it would depend on where Bigfoot got his hands. Yeah. If he got his hands somewhere around that thing's neck or throat, I, I think he could probably just rip his head off. But other than that, I think the, the dogman could just claw something up to, to the point in between the fangs and the teeth. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't want to see it because it'd just be just unbelievable. I, the amount of power and strength going on yes. right there would just be just unbelievable. I don't, I think even if you saw it, you would just go out of, you'd have to think that yourself, is this actually happening? Let me tell you, that would be something. That would be And people don't realize that sometimes, you know, these animals, again, we could be talking territory. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's territory. I think it's territory and food. Yeah. Ter- you know, there's, there's a lot of reports, you know, a lot of reports say that, uh, you know, dogmen kill little Sasquatches and, or, you know, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, I, I think that there's probably a territorial issue, yes. but I don't think, you know, I, you know, these are intelligent creatures. I don't think they're just going to walk up and, and start slaughtering little things. I just no. don't see that happening. I think they're probably going to have a beef with each other at full size, but I don't think either Dogman or Bigfoot go around hunting little Dogman or little Bigfoot. I just don't see that happening. And the other thing is that there's probably, you know, uh, I think they have nurseries. Right. I think that you I know, was gonna I, say. I've, I've heard. Yeah. That's that, and and then you see that in the animal kingdom. If yeah. you're trying to defend the young, everything changes. I think. Yeah. And let's face it. You know, Mama Bigfoot is not something to be trifled with. I right. mean, you know, they figure Patty was eight foot tall. Mm-hmm. You know, and and she's a small female. You know, okay. Well, what happens when Patty and her her sister get there, and and her aunt and her mom, and and they're yes. watching the babies. So yeah. now you got you know five or six eight foot tall unbelievably strong alpha females that you've just made angry by getting too close to their baby i don't think that's going to be a yeah. good outcome for anything well you know you what know, I, and, I think, and, yeah and a lot of people don't realize as i've seen this if you've got a female that puts out a call especially if she's got young mm-hmm. it yeah, will you, you, the males will come running okay well, think about this let's let's just say you have a family unit let's just say you've got an alpha you know, female and an alpha male, and they've got offspring. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if there's another alpha, or if there's an alpha male, and he's got Junior with him, and Junior's what you know, say a teenager, you know, that's still an unbelievable amount of power. You know. Yeah. So now you've you've called in, and I believe they've run in family units. So even if mom's there with the baby, and let's just say there's you know another female around. That's still something you don't want to deal with. No. So now you've got all this, you know, basically raw power coming. There's not a whole lot that's going to stand up to it, you know. It's it, especially in the wild. I don't. I don't think you know. I've I've read stories where, you know, people have seen you know in, in the you know in the Canadian Rockies, people have seen Bigfoot uh, walking up a hill. Okay. And grizzly bears run from them. I believe that. I could see that. I could you know, I believe, and that's because I think they're going to get stopped. I mean, I, I think yes. that's what will happen. Yep. yep. I mean, just the power in these, these things. If, if these things can twist a six-inch oak branch and just snap it with their wrist, what could that do to a bone? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. You know, so it, it's just, it's it's interesting to think about, but, you know, until we ever get real proof, we'll never really know, you know. It's just one of those things. Those hypotheticals can keep you up all night. Of course. 
Anyway, Chris, I wanted to thank you so much for having this conversation. It has been absolutely fascinating uh, because, again, for all we know, there's other things we don't know. And, um, you know, it makes you think, are there some things that we oh, should? I mean, I, I, I mean, I, to me, it's like the, the, the edges of this go off into so many areas of, uh, like you said, I mean, where do these animals fall? They're not animals. They're not humans. As far as far as like what we consider human for ourselves, what are they? Where did they come from? What are their origins? Um, and I think it would it would rattle a lot of cages sometimes to get that truth. So I that's why you know I'm well you know we talked about that so mm -hmm. I I just don't know you know. Again, I, you know, I'm a researcher. I'm looking for evidence, uh, you know, uh, and if I found proof, I, I'll say it again, I, I probably wouldn't release it. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, it's maybe it's just, you know, the way I, I feel. I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want anything to happen to these creatures. Yes. And I think if if you released evidence, I think that probably something would happen. Yeah, unfortunately, you're right. You're absolutely right. Hey, Marlene, would you mind if I gave my website? Absolutely. My on the contrary, go ahead. Go right ahead. Uh, Awesome. Uh, if anyone would like to contact me, you can give me Asheville Cryptid and Paranormal Society dot com. Uh, my phone number is eight two eight seven eight two three seven six six, or you can get me at eight two eight four zero seven zero zero four six. And if uh, someone just wants to send me an email to say hi, they can give me at Cryptid Guy at C R Y P T I D G Y zero zero one at gmail dot com. Marlene, it is an, it's been a an honor and a pleasure oh, and if pleasure. Uh, you would ever like to have me on yes, again i yes. am a phone call away you got whatever it. whatever i can do to help you and I you know guys i'm gonna to have a link to your website on there and again i'm gonna be we, we gotta talk some more and i want to wish you the best of luck uh thank now you. during the holidays the so new much. year and all your new projects okay thank you and you know what marlene if you're ever in Asheville and you want to go bigfoot hunting you just okay. call me you got it let's go squatching uh Yes, ma'am. Happy Thanksgiving and uh, happy holidays to yes. you and all your listeners. And again, thank you so much for having me. It has been a pleasure. Uh, this has been uh, one of the nicest interviews I've ever had, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. No, you're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Keep believing, my friend. Yes, of course, of course. Bye-bye, darling. Take care. Thank you. And that is such a great conversation. <laughs> We talked so much here before we got rolling because he's just got so much information, so much interesting stuff. You know, about... How can I say? Um, you know, this... I want to say it's it's controversial, but not controversial. You know, this area about the cryptids. People want to believe. They're, they don't want to believe. You know, the people that want to believe, but they, they don't want to be like... They're like, man, this is too out there. And we were even talking about, you know how this would shake up people's reality if whether it's a dog man or, or you know bigfoot or any of these cryptids we're, we're talking here cryptids i mean you know like i said the paranormal field encompasses a lot of things and he made a good point you know there's a lot of people of course that would totally wig out because that would open pandora's box as to what else out there is supposed to be mythical or or like woo woo and it actually exists like oh you know but, you know, we were talking about, you know, you know, what would, would, would really, for all the, you know, that we always get from the science field, like, well, you know, we'll believe you once you produce proof. 
and it makes you think are they really if, if somebody ever really produced true true proof whatever a carcass you know something that you you know not a picture you know because unfortunately now with all these things that you could doctor picture i'm talking here solid undeniable proof okay and i think about now about the only thing that would be solid and undeniable would be either a dead or a live animal or if you want to call them animal i don't know what to you know if, if you capture one alive or if you capture one dead okay that i think right now is about the only thing that would be considered proof anything else would be like uh you know there would be too much wiggle room in there again i think that there's for all the times that the science or the academics say we'll believe you when this happens i don't think there's a lot of people out there whether it's you want to talk about this the academics the science uh that would just not that would not be a welcome proof contrary to what a lot of people think you know especially let's say when they go out there and they're hunting for bigfoot or they're hunting for uh a dogman or a cryptid sighting god knows there's a lot of other cryptids you know they're thinking you know once i find that proof then that's it whether it's fame fortune uh or i'll be the person that discovered the blah, 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 whatever it is i think that sometimes people don't think that there could be quite a negative downside to being the person or part of the group that comes back with this uh this you know evidence here it is you know you want to here it is and we were discussing let's say you go down the like he said, you know, of course, you unfortunately, you have people that, you know, the, uh, yeah, I want to shoot it and then stuff it and then put it on the wall and then, you know, whatever. But, yeah, people don't sometimes realize that you don't think that somewhere along the line, as a matter of fact, it doesn't, it doesn't take much to, to, to imagine it where you could be thinking, did you kill a sentient being? By this I mean not like a, a wolf or an animal. Where, as in murder, people go, but well, now the how could I guarantee you? You kill something that's kind of human. You know, seeking your fame and fortune kind of deal, and you could very, very, very well find yourself embroiled in some type of legal battle where you might find yourself being accused of murdering this thing and of course you know people could duke it out and say well there's no law or whatever and, but I'm, what i'm saying is that i'm sure that there would be probably be people saying man if i knew that this was going to happen to me i would never have gone searching for this proof killing it or whatever because again you i mean i could see that happening where you would say well why did you shoot it why did you kill it? Well, it was attacking me. How do we know that? Where's your proof? You know, these things are known for being in the woods and they never attacked other people that we know of. So why would, why would we believe that you shot it in self-defense? Okay. And people think that's far-fetched. And it's not. I'm telling you, it's not. It's not. It would really, I mean, and even then, and then if you want to go a step further, like, would there be anybody that would say, you know what, 
let's let, let's go down the 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 <laughs> what is it the rabbit hole the the road less traveled here who's to say you don't get a visit from men in black and this is when i say men in black i'm not yeah i could be the you know the stereotypical men in black but you get visited by some uh people that very nicely but very firmly tell you we're going to take your evidence and you're never going to hear say another word about it or else and people go well marty that's way out there really really not really not really because at the end of the day we really don't know what you know what would come with it what if um let's go let's go to movie time let's go movie land time what if uh they've been studying these animals but they haven't captured one and or whatever and they're like okay or as long as people keep running around saying they've seen it but no nobody's ever been able to produce proof we're good but here comes along lucky you and you're the one that like i said killed it live one whatever and um what if you had some what if the government doesn't want this to be known it's again whether you have a population that wigs out because then it's like okay so what else is out there that's real or what if they had plans for this thing what if they were looking at again let's go let's go out there you know let's let's play the hypothetical what if they are thinking man we've considered that if we could get these animals and make them super soldiers okay what could we do with an army an army of robots uh drones you know when we talk about mechanical you know soldiers war and this we would be invincible or at the very least to know we have this in our arsenal defense or we really don't know what we would do but we want to keep that 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 possibility available to us but here comes along the you know this person you or whoever wants to publish on youtube a video of the dog man they captured that they have or whatever or the carcass yeah if you don't think that you would be getting a visit from some uh some agency that probably nobody even knows of <laughs> i got news for you there's a good possibility i mean there's a lot of things that come with it it's just not the discovery part of it it was what comes with it uh and sometimes what looks like it would be really really simple or like man who wouldn't want this to be known who wouldn't want to publish this i'm gonna give you a perfect for instance look at this thing that's happening with ufos now after how many years is the government actually admitting that they have a program to monitor them because they have so many reports from eyewitnesses as in pilots that these people are not making this up that they finally had to put money into a actual a program and now now is when they're coming around kind of to admitting yeah by the way you know when they look at them as unidentified flying objects 
they never go far enough enough away to say it comes from another planet. It's something we can't identify. And even then, it's almost like a very cautious, like, yeah, we've had this program. Uh-huh. Because basically, you know, we, we've run out of excuses for not pursuing it. For how long? Do you don't think that many, 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 many years before now that some of those films have been released? People that have seen stuff or actually collected evidence didn't get a visit. And I'm, talk, now, and I'm not talking about the people that the stories are publicized, you know, but, you know, people that in the military or people that said, oh, I got a visit. All the other ones that really took the stuff like I'm not talking about this. Because I'm not going to put my life in danger. I'm not going to put my family's life in danger. And they just, when they get that visit, say, give us what you have. Whatever proof you have. And by the way, you're never going to talk about this to anybody. Or, and guess what? People say, yeah, okay, don't worry about it. And they, they don't say anything else about it. And I think that that's happened. Okay, and people are like, do I really want to find out? Do I really want to call their bluff and find out what they're going to do or what's going to come that if I decide to open my big mouth? No, I'm not going to do that. I'll just like live the rest of my days and, you know, maybe amongst the family members it's whispered, but that's the extent of it. Same thing here with the cryptids. No. Or, I mean, we, it, it, and if you think about it, for all we know, this has already happened. Maybe there is somebody or more than one person who's collected that type of evidence, as in a body, a carcass, a library. And it just never made the light of day because they got, they got, a, they got a visit from somebody who said, guess what? You're never going to talk about this and we're taking that thing or whatever and it, we're leaving. And they were probably not given much of a choice. That's the end of that. And they might sit there and watch TV and watch all these documentaries and all these shows about all these cryptids and everything and people running around trying to gather proof. And they're like, yeah, I know there is, but I can never say anything else about it. But as long as you were running around almost capturing it, almost, you're okay. But once you go into that, that area where you've actually have collected tangible proof everything changes so who's to say nobody out there has had that experience has collected that proof and they were told to be quiet shut up and give me your proof end of story let me tell you something i don't know for sure but that does seems plausible i think it's plausible i think it's plausible and it's almost like for lack of a better word, it's almost like your safety lies in your ignorance. As long as you are running around trying to gather the evidence and you don't have it, you're good. It's like, yeah, all right, go ahead, go in the woods. All right. Mm -hmm. Until the one day that you do. Mm -hmm. And some people will say, oh, Marlene, that's so conspiracy theorist kind of deal. And I'm like, no, no. You know what? I think sometimes a lot of things come out eventually when 
of course, everybody that's involved is either really old or dead, so it doesn't matter. And people are like, huh? And I think, I, I truly believe that when it comes to a lot of these different, what they put, they consider fringe theories, whether it's UFOs or ghosts or uh, cryptids, I mean, that there's people out there that have actually either formulated, collective proof something, and the powers that be pay them a visit, and they just, you know, these people, they either if it's not for themselves, it's because of their families, they just say, you know what, I would like to be the one to claim the fame of this, but the truth is, I'd rather be alive, yeah, mm-hmm. If I had to make a choice, I'd rather be alive. So, anyway, guys, I hope you like the show. I know I love speaking to Chris. He's fascinating. He's very, very knowledgeable about this. He's been doing this for years and years and years. And again, I'm going to have a link to his website on the credits of the show. So please make sure to visit his site. Uh, He also did give out that information. And... um, you know, uh, again, you know, this is when you've been doing this for a lot of years, you know, you, as a researcher, you, you see a lot of things and you learn to, you know, and in other words, you, you consider all sources because sometimes there's, you run across that one story, even if it's urban myth that does have some truth in it and that's what I like about it because we were talking about that before we started recording you know about the different ways that he gets stories whether it's like an actual eyewitness or whether it's retold like a family thing you know or or even folklore you know some areas that sometimes the origin is forgotten he's researched all of that so again guys Thank you for being so wonderful, so for being so part of my audience. And I know it's going to be staggered a little bit, but for all of you, uh, happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, and wishing you all the best for you and your family. Take care.